Blog Talk Radio. Of the two celestial gates 
Capricorn is the gate of the gods, and Cancer is the gate of men. Now, let's, before we go any further, let's uh, let's delineate that now. Uh, cancer and Capricorn are both on on the axis of the sign of the cardinal, of the, of the cardinal signs, the cross of the cardinal signs, crosses through the zodiac. And, and uh, so Capricorn and Cancer are both gates. And one of the things I want to point out here is, is I got a, I got a call uh, nine o'clock this morning from one of our from one of our uh, our, our members, uh, uh, Mark uh, Milwaukee, and he and he was quite interested in this, and and he wanted to know what significant stars there were in Cancer. So uh, I. <laughs> I went charging upstairs and 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 uh, grabbed Hinkley Allen's uh, uh, um, star lore, uh, star names, their lore and meaning, and and uh, because I couldn't remember any significant stars in in Cancer, and sure enough, there are no significant stars in Cancer. In fact, Hinkley Allen, uh, who we all refer to as the authority on such things, he says that Cancer is kind of insignificant. Of course, it's my constellation dog on it, so I, you know, I, I don't like being insignificant. But there, 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 there are no really significant stars in it, and this is one of the reasons. By the way, and, and Mark, I know Mark's listening, so I'm answering his question. So uh, this is one of the reasons why they call Cancer the Gate, because it's sort of a hole in the sky, and and uh, then then right after Cancer comes Leo. Which is the first of the of of, of the Hercules, uh, the Hercules, uh, the beginning of the labors is Leo, is the lion of Nemi of, of Nema, and and we have this big significant star Regulus, which we're all familiar with, you know, and it's one of the marker stars of the zodiac, and this comes right after this hole in the sky, which is the gate of men, traditionally, and uh, which is Cancer, and. Uh, so anyway, I'd uh, you know kind of elaborate on that a little bit. Um, so this concept of the two celestial gates, Capricorn is the gate of the gods, and Cancer is the gate of men. Both cardinal signs on that axis. Souls come down through Cancer to be born in Leo, and they go out through Capricorn uh, to become to become gods. Now, of course, also or to meet the gods, and also that this axis. Uh, this 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 axis the, the, in in the case of of, uh, of Hercules sequence he 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 uh, he comes he, he begins in Leo and he ends in Cancer so in this case we're uh, we're doing the uh, we're making the Capricorn and the, and the Cancer gates both serve the same purpose on the on this axis. Um, now, therefore, the whole cycle must begin with Leo and end in Cancer. Both the gates are on the axis of the cardinal signs, as I said. And in the correct arrangement, Hercules' final labor, his final labor, which returning to the Cancer gate is pulling Cerebrus, the guardian dog of hell, up out of the underworld. Thus, as we have said over and over again, thus he transforms the underworld into the overworld. Let's go back over that a little bit. Uh, in most ancient times, in fact, in fact, back, way back in, in Neolithic and Paleolithic times, before we even started writing, uh, we had this idea that the stars and the sun and the planets and all of the heavens, everything we see in the night sky, spent the daytime, our daytime, in the underworld and down below. And, and the reason why we thought that was pretty logical because we thought, we, 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 well, we knew the earth was flat. Of course, we're looking out at the horizon. And then when the sun goes down, up, up they up they come out out you know out, out of the horizon they 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 come rising up the sun the moon uh, and all of, all the stars and in fact the planets and you know uh, we mentioned before that uh, in back in those days we we were all convinced uh, you know those of us you know that uh, 
uh, those of us who, who uh, reason things out like that, we were all convinced that the planets were evil because they 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 you know they moved in retrograde and they 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 kind of they call them they call them the disturbers of heaven, evil ones born in the bowels of the hills, you know, and and uh, they they were referred to as the Moschim. So. Uh, the planets didn't really become become good guys, or some of them are still bad guys. But you know, they didn't become good guys until until after we realized that um, that they were in the heavens and that they didn't spend the they didn't spend all day down in hell. So uh, so what uh, so much of the symbolism that we have of the afterlife. In uh, in uh, you know Sumerian Babylonian uh, and even carried over into into the into Hebrew and the biblical and and to some and to some degree with the Egyptians so much of this uh, the, this afterlife symbolism was was in the underground what eventually became Tartarus and, and hell in the in the in the Christian tradition now when Hercules. One of his labors, the last of his labors, was to pull the guard dog of hell, Cerebrus, to pull the dog out of the underground, out into the light. Well, and by doing this, in, in the course of doing this, what he really did was was kind of it, it, it sort of uh, you know sort of like the old joke about the grizzly bear. You you, you know you know, how do you how do you handle a how do you handle a grizzly bear if you're a martial artist? You you uh, you you thrust your finger all the way down down his gullet when he tries to engulf you, and hook your finger outside his rear end, and then you you jerk back like you do when you're doing a kata. You know, you yank back and turn him inside out. And of course, if he's a grizzly bear, he'll tickle he'll tickle himself to death on the inside. So this is virtually what what Hercules did with um, with Cerebrus. He pulled by pulling the guard dog of hell out out uh, from under the underworld. He he transformed the underworld into the overworld, and then and then so now, instead of going down down the river Styx, we climb the souls climb the Milky Way. You know, and it 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 it, uh, it was a beautiful transformation, and um, and uh, very apropos for the for that uh, that last that last incarnation. Now, um, I've consulted many works trying to find the proper sequence of these labors, including Alice Bailey's Labors of Hercules and Robert Graves' The Greek Myths. And although they were useful, the only work I have found to set forth the true order of Hercules' progress through the signs was Charles Francois Dupuis' Origin of All Religions, it, it was first uh, published in English in 1872, along with astronomical corollaries that confirm all of his assignments. Now, that's uh, Dupuy's accomplishment. Now, I'm not sure uh, with Dupuy. He, he's, uh, he's crediting the, uh, the Greco-Egyptian. He credits the Greco-Egyptian uh, uh, poet Nonans uh, as as the the writer of the uh, of the the, the the Herculeid, you know, like the you know, the Iliad, the Iliad, the Iliad, and the Herculeid is this is the, the poem about Hercules. He credits this this Greco-Egyptian uh, poet, but I I'm not sure how much rearranging uh, Dupuy has done. Regardless of how much rearranging he's done, in other words, moved the different labors, the different labors to different signs. But it, it appears from the way he's laid it out, and we're going to go through the whole thing ahead. Uh, it appears that 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 he's got the proper layout, and we're certainly going to use it. And um, now, though, although Alice Bailey was aware of the key of the Capricorn and Cancer gates, she still insisted on starting with Aries and ending with Pisces. And also, we might note that she does not hold that, her, that the Hercules cycle applies to a universal sequence of human lifetimes or incarnations, but only to Hercules as a solar hero savior such as Jesus the Nazarene, who was reconfigured 
by Neoplatonic church philosophers into a solar hero. And those of you who haven't read Jesus Christ's son, S-U-N, of God, you ought to read it because the uh, literally we, you know, uh, Christmas and, 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 and winter solstice and all, you know, they 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 literally they turn Christ into Solid Vectus in and and uh and uh who was another version of Mithra, another version of Hercules. And uh and so uh you know, this uh, this, this is what Bailey Bailey Alice Bailey you know, was a new ager and and, and a follower of Blavatsky and all that. But she she uh, but she's more Christian, uh, more more deferential to the Christians than Blavatsky was. But so she sees, uh, she she doesn't see Hercules as representing all of us, uh, you know, on the on the wheel, but uh, just the Savior. And uh, this is all right. But that uh, uh, the, the the actual pattern, I I believe, and and and, and I think Hermetic philosophy goes along with this, that the actual pattern, the Hercules pattern. Uh, through the zodiac, it applies to all of us. Uh, all of us who have the mind, not 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 all not not everybody, but but those who have the mind. Yeah, we're the ones that go around the go around do her and do the labors. All right. Now, Robert Graves, who I dearly love, is valuable in that his treatment of the labors is encyclopedic, even if his sequence is wrong. Now. Graves, everything you want to know about these labors, and there's a lot, see, one of the good things about Graves, and everybody that studies the labors of Hercules should go through Graves' uh, mythology, go through the, the, the labors, even though I, I believe his sequence is wrong. Uh, and, and uh, But he gathers all of the uh, of the legends surrounding the labor and 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 throws in everything in because he he is you know graves is 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 like a he's like a a, a scavenger beetle he's out there in in mythology and 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 the ruins of the library of alexandria gobbling up everything he can find so if you really want to know uh everything about it um uh, you know everything about the labors and all of the different mythological aspects, especially all the Amazons and Virgo. You know, I mean all the all the, the, the all the different histories of the Amazons from Diodorus, Sicolus, uh, uh, and, and and Plato, and everybody. Okay, now at least he's right that they begin with the lion. Hercules, the Graves are right about that, and they end with the dog. So he's right about that. They begin with the lion, they end with the dog. Which brings us to a point of philosophical argument. Now, if Hercules' labors represent the challenges of the individual lifetimes of those born in various sun signs, aren't they rather patriarchal? Should we remember that men do and women are, at least before the feminist movement? So, uh, we must ask ourselves, uh, do women incarnate on a different wheel? perhaps the lunar zodiac through the mansions of the moon, or perhaps we all alternate different genders in succeeding incarnations. Has anyone thought about transgender astrology? Do we need a social justice movement for the occult in astrology? We can call it strange lives matter. Personally, I think Hercules' labors can be uh, interpreted as a challenge to be met by both traditional genders and that they should be mapped that way. As we have said before, we don't know, if you don't know where you're going, then you, if you don't, if you want to know, well, if you want to know where you're going, then you then you better know where you've been. And the old, old Hercules has left us a wonderful star map. Now, Frater, uh, Frater, uh, soon, uh, by the way, how do you did, 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 correct me on the pronunciation of Su, uh, of, of Soon? Uh, how do you pronounce it? Soon's works works fine. Soon's how I say it, so it's it's what what is. <laughs> yeah, good. Uh, I was um, discussing some of this with Sandria before the show, you know, and and uh, and you know, she and I both agree that that. Uh, 
that uh, you know we we've had previous incarnations of of, of uh, you know different gender and and uh, uh, you know I I don't think that you know that that, that the way the way we look at the soul, especially the Valentinian Christian concept of the soul is not complete unless unless it has both male and female aspects, and then of course it it uh, uh, so uh, you can have you know I I think that the the, the, the challenges uh, depicted in Hercules' labors could be uh, could certainly apply to to, to uh, you know to those of us who happen to be. And the female gender this time around, and those who happen to be in the male gender this time around, and uh, the plot will, you know, will uh, will last on that. Uh, so, I don't think we need a a series of incarnations through the mansions of the moon uh, for the for the ladies. And I don't know, they might want to do that. Uh, you know, I I I I think I know I I know of some Dianics Dianics who might grab on that on that idea. <laughs> Uh, you know, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, on on that prayer uh, Well, there's there's a couple of things going on. One, the the zodiacs do have the the zodiacs are themselves male and female alternating. So the with each sign being a male or a female sign, it it kind of goes to it that fits uh, with the maybe every other incarnation, I'm not sure. Um, but I know that with a lot of the astrological schools, the, the more recent ones based on Roy, D- Roy Diard, my, my pronunciation's horrible there, um, they use the lunar nodes to determine past life and future life. Um, mm. So that way you could, you could kind of plot it on the nodes uh, if you wanted to follow that school. Yeah, that's right on the nodes. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I, I've heard about that before, but uh, but I think that uh, that uh, personally, you know, the the the, uh, the labors of Hercules uh, around the, around the twelve, the sequence, the sequence is such so obviously, so obviously, um, you know, the sequence of the of the wheel of 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 of, of, of the lives, and you you mentioned. Um, that uh in Alice Bailey going through Alice Bailey that um that of course uh that, that she was she was also he possibly equating uh equating Buddha going uh uh a uh, an eastern concept of Buddha which would be in keeping with her with her uh alleged ma- Tibetan master. So it uh, did did uh it did Buddha supposedly go through uh Something uh, something similar to the uh, to the labors of Hercules. Wow. Okay. Um, so Buddha had a lot of stuff. I've never really matched, like taken taken the episodes from like the Theravada, the the Pali Canon, or anything like that, and checked it out astrologically. Um, my main concern with Bailey was she was paraphrasing. Buddhist stories uh, when she was writing her her Hercules thing, um, like she she would straight up just kind of like take a popular Buddhist story and take a Her- take a Hercules myth and kind of smush them together, and I, that's that's most visible um, when Hercules is approaching his mentor and he's like, oh, before I start, you must know that I've killed all my previous masters, and he tells them good. Um, you'll have to play them again before you're through. And that, that, yeah. Seems, well, that, yeah. <laughs> well, well, you know, uh, as I, as I said, when we first got into the, when we first got into the study, uh, I, Bailey, Bailey, um, is essentially, uh, what we would, what, what, well, what you'd call a new ager. Uh, and and uh, and and, uh, and very much under the influence of Blavatsky, and uh, it seems like she and a number of these these folks followed along with Blavatsky and and believed that their that their um, their teachers, their astral teachers, in other words, their uh, the the uh, the 
the ascended masters who were whispering in their mental ears uh, were uh, were actually uh, they 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 were supposedly Tibetan. Well, we we all know, of course, now that that uh, that. Uh, uh, Kudumi and and uh, and and Moria Blavatsky's, uh Tibetans uh, were not Tibetan at all. They were they were Sikhsant and, and Reform Hindu, and and uh, that, that that so. But however, this started this business of, of Tibetan masters. It's almost like it was almost like you know back when the spiritualism got started in this country. They uh, they had Indian they had American Indian spirit guides a lot of these mediums did and and uh, then uh, then after Blavatsky and and especially after Ron Bar Singh uh, uh, told her for security reasons that 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 he had to be referred to as a Tibetan and after that everybody oh they they were these Tibetans that were all uh, that were revealing all this stuff well you know. Uh, Tibetans have their own very, very unique astrology, and it has no relationship to uh, to Western astrology, especially not to Greek mythology. And, and so the whole Bailey, the whole Bailey thing, um, uh, you know, was kind of flawed to the to, to start with from that standpoint. But but there is interesting. And I, I've, I've been I've, I've gone through it now, and there is interesting material in it. I'm not going to completely, you know. Uh, downcast it, but there's there's interesting material there. However, I think you'll get a lot more interesting material out of Robert Graves by reading the myths, the myths, and all the ramifications of the myths. And uh, by the way, did you have a chance? I know I gave you kind of short notice on it, but did you have a chance to look at um, any of Dupuy's uh, material? I I skimmed it. I wasn't able to go deep into it, so I'll let you do most of the talking about him. Um, I, I do want to point out a couple of quick astrological things just for setting up some context. Um, one of the the cool things that, that I observed is I ran across uh, Ruck and Staples' work on Hercules, and one of the things that they assert is that the 12 labor sits were located in the um, culminating in the they, – they were local – and they culminated in the rededication of Olympia, and then sits were of the other the other sits were in strongholds of the goddess, and entrances to the netherworld. And what's kind of interesting there is that it sets up the sets. So it sets up how you have the the top half of a chart is is what's in the sky, and the bottom half is what's um, beneath the earth. And oh, yeah. um, typically, typically the bottom side is where more private things happen and the top side is more public things, which is why, like, the fourth house is your home. It's the most private place, and the tenth house is your career. Um, well, the Greeks called the third house the house of the goddess. And part of that's because the moon found its joy there, but the third house would be in that bottom part. And then the um, second house was the gate to the underworld. So those those are now, kind when, of interesting uh, things in mind. Let me ask you this before. Uh, the, the, the house system, the whole house system, um, when, when did the astrological house system actually come into being? Uh, as I recall, it was it was kind of medieval. It was medieval period, wasn't it, or the end of late medieval period when when the when when the houses started to get considered. Is that true, true, or is it earlier than that? It's earlier than that. The houses we have um, so in all the Hellenistic works, um, we have the houses, and the houses are actually credited to Hermes. Um, it's him and Penasiris. And they, they predate, wait, 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 wait. They predate Ptolemy. Oh yes, the houses predate Ptolemy. Oh, um, they predate Ptolemy. Well, yeah, then, yeah, then, then, then this definitely has, this definitely has a has an aspect, and and of course, uh, uh, the houses, the house system is is the key, as is we've found out, the key to the Christian to the chemical winning of Christian Rosencruz. Anyway. Uh, what I'd like to do is I'd like to go ahead and and uh, and read this um, this section in Dupuy 
about Hercules and and uh and you know and and, and go through it and uh that way we can uh you know we can we can see where he's where he is uh picking up the the elements that we have been discussing especially uh Melkart and uh uh and, and Phoenicians and and uh and the other uh, and the other the various uh um uh, mythological symbolisms that we've been we that we've been discussing uh, tonight and and and, and uh, last week okay so this is um this is the section uh, on, on on the legend of hercules from from origin of all religions the following comparison of the legend of Hercules with the constellations which preside over the 12 months is from Dupuy. Now, whatever may have been the opinions about Hercules, he was surely not a petty Grecian prince renowned for his romantic adventures. It is the mighty luminary which animates and fructates the universe. The divinity which has been honored everywhere by the erection of temples and altars and consecrated in religious songs by all nations, from Meroe in Ethiopia and Thebes in Upper Egypt to the British Isles and to the snows of Scythia, from the ancient uh, Taprabani and, and Palibotra in the Indies to Cadiz, and the shores of the Atlantic Ocean, from the forests of Germany to the burning sands of Libya. Wherever the blessings of the sun were experienced, there the worship of Hercules is found established. There are sung the glorious deeds of this invincible god. Many centuries before the epic, which is assigned to the son of Alcamena, that's, you know, the, the, the nymph of Zeus, the Zeus cheated on her with, or to the supposed hero of Corinthia. As the time when they made him live, Egypt, Phoenicia, which surely did not borrow their gods from Greece, had erected temples to the sun under the name of Hercules and had carried his worship to the island of Thassos and to Cadiz. We're talking, of course, about Atlantis now, where they had consecrated a temple to the year and to the month, which divided it into 12 parts. Or, in other words, to the 12 labors or 12 victories which conducted Hercules to immortality. It is under the name of Hercules or to the god clad in the mantle of stars that the poet Nonuns, N-O-N-U-S, designates the sun god worshipped by the, by the Tyrians. And that's Tyre, that's the Phoenicians. That's Melkart. The titles of the king of fire or lord of the world and of the planets and nourisher in mankind, of the God whose glowing orb revolves eternally around the earth, and who, while followed in his track by the year, the daughter of time, and the mother of the twelve months, draws along in regular succession the seasons, which renew and reproduce themselves, are so many traits of the sun that we should recognize them, even if the poet had not given to his Hercules the name of Helios, or the sun. The author of the hymns, which are attributed to Orpheus, describes in the most precise manner the affinity, or rather the identity of Hercules with the sun. The Phoenicians have consequently preserved the traditions that Hercules was the sun god and that his 12 labors represented the journey of this luminary through the 12 signs of the zodiac. Prophyri, born in Phoenicia, makes the same assertion. The Egyptians, says Plutarch, thought that Hercules had his seat in the sun and that he traveled with it around the world. The scholars of Hesoid tells us also that the zodiac in which the sun accomplishes annual course is the real career 
which Hercules travels over in the fable of the Twelve Labors, and that by his marriage to Hebe, the goddess of youth, we must understand the year which renews itself at the end of each revolution. It is evident that if Hercules is the son, as is shown by the above-cited authorities, the fable of the Twelve Labors is a solar fable which can have reference only to the Twelve Months and to the Twelve Signs, of which the sun travels over one in each month. And this inference shall become a demonstration by the comparison which we shall make of each of the labors with each one of the months, or with the signs and the constellations which mark the division of time in the heavens during each of the months. Amongst the different epochs at which formerly the year began, that of the summer solstice was one of the most remarkable. It was on the return of the sun to this point that the Greeks fixed the celebration of their Olympic feasts, the establishment of which was attributed to Hercules. This was the origin of the most ancient era of the Greeks. We shall therefore fix the departure of the sun. Hercules, the departure of the sun, Hercules, there in its annual route. The sign of the lion, domicile of that star which furnishes it with its attributes, following formerly occupied that point. His first, Leo, of course, his first labor shall be his victory over the lion, and that's Star Regulus, of course. And it is indeed the one which has been placed at the head of all the others. But before we shall compare month for month the series of the twelve labors with that of the stars, which determine and mark the annual root of the sun, it is well to observe that the ancients, in order to regulate their sacred and rural calendars, employed not only the signs of the zodiac, but more frequently also remarkable stars placed outside of the zodiac and the various constellations which by their rising and setting indicate the place of the sun in each sign. The proof of this will be found in the Festes of Ovid, in Columella, and chiefly in the ancient calendars which we have published as a sequel to our larger work. Now, before I read the breakdown, would you like to make any comments on what I just on what we just just went through? No, I, I'm eager to get to the breakdown. <laughs> Okay, let's go into the breakdown. Now, wait, the way uh, Dupuy does this, he does it very, very well. He does the calendar on he, he splits to, he splits uh, to, uh, into two two columns, and he has the calendar on the left side, and he has the poem, you know, the the actual the poem of the labors on the right side. So so the month and and the labor. Uh, are, are side by side. And by the way, let me say this. Uh, I I think Albert Pike, seeing as how this was published in eighteen uh, in, in, in English in eighteen seventy two, uh, what, what I just read and what we're going to read, I I think Pike should have lifted this whole damn thing and put it in the twenty eighth degree. And I, I really think he he, yeah, he should have. <laughs> And maybe, and maybe we'll just maybe we'll just do that, you know, because uh, I I think I, I I think Pike really should have done that. Pike had some nice things to say about Hercules too, anyway. But okay, let's start off. Calendar on the calendar side, first month, the passage of the sun under the sign of the celestial lion called the Lion of Nemea, fixed by the setting. In the morning of the Angenoculus, or the constellation of the celestial Hercules. Now, poem side. Title of the first canto of the first labor, The Victory of Hercules over 
the Nemean lion. That's where he gets his lion skin, by the way. All right, the second month, the sun enters the sign of the Virgin, marked by the total setting of the celestial hydra called the Nerian hydra, the head of which rises again in the morning with cancer. And the second labor, on the, on the right side, Hercules slays the Lenarian Hydra, the heads of which grew again whilst he is cramped in his labor by a crawfish or cancer. Now, he stepped on the crab. Ouch. <laughs> he stepped on the crab and squashed it. And, uh, and Hera, who had sent the crab, uh, you know, was uh, to make up for, for Hercules, who Hera hated, of course, because, uh, you know, Zeus had cheated on her to have Hercules by, by the nymph. And uh, so uh, so to make it up for the crab, to make it up for the crab, she made a constellation out of it. Now, I think that's that's a little after the fact, actually, but uh, or after the after the myth or whatever. But it, it it's kind of subsequent, but but it's an interesting story. Anyway, third month over on the left side, passage of the sun at the commencement of autumn to the sign of the balance, Libra, fixed by the rising of the celestial centaur. The same whose hospitality Hercules enjoyed. This constellation is represented in the heavens with the leather bottle filled with wine and uh, and adorned with the vine with the leaves and grapes and the image of the season's product. Then rises in the evening the celestial bear, called by the others the boar. And the annual of the and the animal of Romanthia. Now, on the poem side, a centaur gives hospitality to Hercules. His his uh, fight with the centaurs for a cask of wine, and the victory of Hercules over them, and he slays the terrible wild boar, which devastated the fields of Romanthia. Now, this is this is Libra. And uh, you want to know, you know, you might want to know well, what went well with Libra. What, what's the what's the balance? What's the symbol here? Well, the balance is very simply this: uh, Hercules did not really he didn't slay the boar. He he actually trapped the boar and tied the boar's front legs together. Oh no, he tried, no, he, he tied the boar's back legs together, left his front legs loose, and then picked him up like a wheelbarrow and walked him down the hill. And that was the balance, was, was his holding up the uh holding up the uh, uh the boar by the by his hind legs. And you know, this is kinda like, you know, kinda like kids in a sack race, you know, and and uh and uh by the way I got that and that 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 you you can pick this pick up this extra stuff from Robert Graves. Because Robert Graves, you know, he he throws everything in. Okay, the fourth month. The sun enters the sign of the scorpion, fixed by the setting of Cassiopeia, a constellation which was formerly represented uh, by a hind. Now, I said the hind is a a deer. The fourth labor. Triumph of Hercules over, over a hind with golden horns and feet of brass, which Hercules took on the seashore where it was reposing. So that, and by the way, the golden hind uh, became, you know, Sir Francis Drake's, uh, the name of Sir Francis Drake, the Elizabethan pirate, Elizabeth's Elizabethan pirate, Francis Drake had uh, had uh, named his ship the golden hind. Now, fifth month, the sun enters the sign of Sagittarius, consecrated to the goddess Diana, whose temple was at uh, Stymphalia, in which the Stymphalian birds were to be seen. This passage is fixed by the rising of the three birds, the vulture, the swan, and the eagle, pierced by the arrow of Hercules. And the fifth labor is Hercules gives chase uh, near Stymphalia, 
to the birds of the Stymphalian Lake, which are represented in number three in the in the medals of uh, Parthenius. Actually, he dispersed uh, he dispersed the uh, Stymphalian birds, and uh, so that that one that one fits the symbolism. Okay, the sixth month. Passage of the sun into the sign of the goat or Capricorn, the son of Neptune, according to some, the grandson of the uh, to the sun, according to others, the passage is marked by the setting of the river of the of, of the Aquarius, which flows under the stable of the Capricorn, and the source of which is in the hands of Aristius, the son of of the river. Penius. Now this is this 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 is very significant and important. The sixth labor, Hercules cleans the stables of Aguius, the son of the sun, or according to others, the son of Neptune, which makes it which makes the river Penius run through it. Now, remember now, this is Capricorn is the gate of the gods. Okay, so what's so important about uh, about all about Hercules cleaning all this this dung out of out of the stable? Well, this dung accumulated in this stable for thirty years, the thirty years worth of cow poop in this in this stable. Now, thirty years is about as old as Hercules was when he did this. Okay. So what does Hercules do? He gets he gets the river. He runs a river through the stable, and of course, uh, uh, what's his name? Aquarius, uh, <laughs> uh, the the owner of the, the owner of the stable said he tricked him by running the river through. Well, no, 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 he didn't. He Hercules ran this 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 river through the stable to clean out to clean out thirty years of poop. In other words, he. It's the gate of the gods. This is the gate of the gods. This is purification. Hercules just gave gave himself a colon irrigation. <laughs> Basically, cleaned himself out, and and so he could go through the gate of the gods. And and uh, this is a purification. This is obvious. Okay, so these now. By the way, by this time we should be realizing that Hercules' labors. Hercules is uh, his main opponent in these labors is is himself, just like the stables and the stables. That thirty years, that's thirty years of sludge in his colon that he's cleaning out, <coughs> spiritual colon too. Uh, okay, the seventh month. The sun enters the sign of the waterman or Aquarius, and at the place in the heavens where the full moon was found every year, which served to denote the epic. For the celebration of the Olympic Games, this passage was marked by the vulture, placed in the heavens alongside the constellation called Prometheus. And at the same time that the ancient bull, called the bull of Priophane and of Marathon, culminated in a meridian, the setting of the house of Arion or Pegasus. Now, the seventh labor. Hercules arrives at Elis. He was mounted on the horse of Arion. He drags along with him the bull of Crete, beloved by Pasiphae, which afterwards ravaged the plains of Marathon. He institutes the celebration of the Olympic Games where he is the first to enter the lists, and he kills the vulture of Prometheus. Now, who was Prometheus? Well, Prometheus was another another Hercules figure. Prometheus was, as you recall, uh, uh, he 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 gave he gave fire to uh, to mankind, and Zeus punished him. For uh, for that, by chaining him to a rock and having a vulture eat his liver every day, Hercules comes along and and, and says, "Oh, come on, Prometheus! You know, I'm, I'm I'm not going to this is terrible." So he kills. So Hercules kills the vulture. Now, if you read Robert Graves, you'll find out that that, that also. Uh, Zeus, as a result of kind of kind of repentant, Zeus 
makes a ring out of Prometheus's chains. Are you talking fans will get a kick out of this? So Zeus feels bad about that, about having, you know, done this. To, and after Hercules kills the vulture, Zeus comes down. He says, well, I'm going to leave him. We're not going to let him off the hook completely. We're going, to, we're going to make a ring out of this, this iron chain of his, and he has to wear this ring, uh, you know, for, for the rest of eternity. So here's the, the ring of Prometheus made out of iron by Zeus. And and uh, and that that's one that you you should check. So you know, really, I, when studying all of this, uh, even though Graves is wrong in his in his in his order, and Dupuis is right, and Graves is Graves is wrong, Graves has so much extra material in here that needs to be studied. That uh, uh, okay, the eighth month. Passage of the sun to the sign of the fishes, fixed by the rising of the morning of the celestial horse, the head of which is bearing on Aristius, or on the Aquarius, the son of uh, Serena. And the eighth labor, Hercules makes the conquest of the horses of Diomedes, the son of Serena. Uh, now these mayors, these two mayors, ate human flesh. Imagine that they were these these female horses. The the they ate human flesh, and Hercules uh, fed them, and and uh, I kind of suspected he fed them fed them on that wild boar. But whatever it is, he was supposed to he was supposed to catch them and break them, you know, uh, like a cowboy. But so he fed them. He fed him and he got him calmed down and 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 managed to to manage to to capture him that way. Uh, and uh, now the fifth month, the sun enters the sign of the ram, consecrated to Mars, and which is called the ram of the golden fleece. And this passage is marked by the rising of the ship Argo. And And the setting of Andromeda, or the celestial woman, and of her girdle, by that of the whale, by the rising of Medusa, and the setting of Queen Cassiopeia. Now, the ninth labor, Hercules embarks on board the ship Argo in order to make the conquest of the realm of the Golden Fleece. He fights with a martial weapon. You know, that's where he fights with martial women, the daughters of Mars, the Amazons, who whom he takes, whom he takes a magnificent girdle, and liberates a maiden exposed to a whale or a sea monster, like the one which Andromeda and the daughter of Cassiopeia was exposed. And uh, this, of course, is the the, the famous girdle of, of um, Hippolydia. Uh, the Queen of the Amazons, and uh, which I think ended up ended up uh, on Wonder Woman, but <laughs> uh, you know, actually, uh, so much of our so many of our superheroes, at least back in the and back in the golden age of, of comic books, where we had Captain Marvel and Wonder Woman, were all were all derived from Greek mythology, and and uh, and. Uh, uh, too bad that is. Well, we still have Wonder Woman. Captain Marvel, of course, got uh, got a got a really bad deal. He got sued by Superman, and unfortunately, Superman won. But uh, uh, anyway, the the tenth month, the sun leaves the ramp. No, before we leave the Golden Fleece, let me say this: Hercules was one of the Argonauts, and Robert Graves has written a terrific. Novel uh, full of full of wonderful mythology called, well, it was originally called Hercules, my shipmate, but they 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 changed the title to the Golden Fleece, so I think it's now called the Golden Fleece. One thing I want to point out about that, that, that however, about the Golden Fleece, and we have mentioned this in the uh, when we dealt with the chemical wedding, the Golden Fleece was actually a real 
a real thing that was used in the Black Sea area. It was used to collect gold. They used it the same way our 49ers used to use the pan, you know, to pan gold. They would they would use the fleece, hang these 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 fleeces on the rapids coming down out of the out of the springs of the hills, and the and and the fleece would collect the gold dust, and the, the water would run over, you know, from coming out of the coming out of the mountain, the water would run over the over the rocks and over the fleece. And, and the gold dust would collect on the on the on the, the fur of the fleece, and and so after a while, you know, if you left your fleece out there long enough, it would be sparkling with gold, and so the golden fleece would be quite quite valuable. That was that was the original golden fleece. Uh, okay, so the the tenth month. Sun leaves the ram of Phrixus and enters the sign of the bull. This transit is marked by the setting of Orion, who was in love with the with the Atlantides or, or Pleiades, and and by that of Boots, the driver of the oxen of, of Icarus, and by that of the river Herodanus, and by the rising of the Atlantides. And by that of the goat of the wife of Faunus. And the tenth labor. Hercules, after his voyage with the Argonauts, in order to conquer the ram, returns to Hesperia. The conquest of the oxen of, of Geryon. And he also kills a tyrannical prince who persecuted the Atlantides and arrives in Italy at the house of the Faunus at the rising of the Pleiades. The 11th month, the sun enters the sign of the twins, Gemini, which transit is indicated by the setting of the dog, Procyon. By the cosmical rising of the great dog, followed by the stretching out of the hydra, and by, by the rising of the evening of the celestial swan, and the 11th labor, Hercules conquers a terrible dog, that's Cerebrus, the tail of which was a serpent, and the head of which was bristling with serpents, and he defeats also Cygnus, or the Prince Swan, at the time in which the dog star scorches the earth with its fire. And the twelfth month, the last month, the sun enters the sign of cancer, which corresponds with the last month, indicated by the setting of the streams of the waterman and the centaur, and by the rising of the shepherd and his sheep, and at the time when the constellation of the Hercules <coughs> in Genutus is descending towards the occidental regions called Hesperia, called Hesperia. That's the house of the Hesperides. Followed by the, the polar dragon, the guardian of the apples, growing in the garden of Hesperides, which the dragon puts under his feet, as marked in the sphere in which falls near him toward the setting. And the twelfth labor. Hercules travels in Hesperia in order to gather the golden apples guarded by a dragon, which in our spheres is near the pole, according to others, uh, to carry out the sheep with a gold with the golden fleece. And he is preparing to make a sacrifice and he puts on a robe dyed in the blood of the centaur whom he had slain at the passage of the river. And by this robe he is consumed and, uh, before he dies and ends with his mortal career in order to resume his youth in heaven and to enjoy their immortality. Now, there's a lot more to this 12th labor than, than what uh, Dupuy has, has uh, here. As a matter of fact, uh, uh, he in, in in capturing the golden apples, Hercules gets Atlas to um, 
Atlas is the guardian of the, of the Hesperides, yeah. and Atlas has the whole cosmic sphere on his on his shoulders, and uh, and and Hercules says, look, he says, if I'll I'll hold the sphere for you for a while, I'll, I'll hold the sphere. You need to go pick me some of the apples, and uh, Atlas, oh boy, if I could just have a few. Just a little while with, without holding this this celestial globe up. So, so Atlas Atlas agrees and and, and gives Hercules the the, kind of, the the whole sphere to to hold up. So Hercules is holding it up. Atlas goes and picks a couple of the apples. Now these apples are these apples are the fruit of immortality. You know, they, they, this is these are the apples of the Garden of Eden. These are these are the apples of immortality. And and this is like Gilgamesh is you know diving down doing his pearl diving thing going down to get the plant you know this is so anyway so Atlas goes and, and and gets the apples and comes back and says okay Hercules I picked the apples now now uh, and and uh, and and Hercules um, uh, says uh, says to Atlas he says well you know he says. Uh, Look, he said, I'll, 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 uh, I'll, I'll, I'll hold the, I'll hold the, 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 the cosmos up for you, but I need to get a pad. It's so heavy, I need to get a pad on the back of my head. You know, and I, can I, can I, can I, can I, can you take it for a little bit and, and, and let me get it, let me, let me get a pad and put, put it on the back of my head. And that was being, being kind of dumb, you know, he, he uh he he takes the, the globe back on the top of his head and Hercules grabs the apples and says this is too bad, you got it <laughs> and off he goes. And anyway, um the uh the idea of course here is is that uh that in cancer he that, that you know, he pulls he pulls the dog he pulls the dog up, reverses the, you know, does reverse of the world. Then, then he gets the apples of immortality, and then he goes off and becomes immortal. Uh, so this is the, uh, this is the, the, as I said, the proper sequence that Dupuy has of the, uh, of the, um, the labors as as related to relation to the signs, and uh, one of the things that that, that that I notice in here is that he relates this to these risings of the other constellations. And this is what's important. It's not just what's going on in those constellations themselves, but what's going on in the rest of the heavens in relation to the, uh, you know, to the earth. And, and this is why I think, uh, I think, uh, Monsieur Dupuy has done our, done a marvelous job in, in, in rectifying this whole thing. Uh, okay. Uh, uh, Michael, you want to you know, give us some comments on this? Well, I, I completely agree with you, um, in that Dupuy's done a great job and his focus on the stars is excellent and lines up with, um, the way that the Deccans work and the way that the Egyptians um, use their own calendar. Um, the only other thing I would add at this point, because I, I know that we're running close on time, so it seems appropriate to honor Saturn, um, is jumping back to throw in an end note for the um, Aegean stables, that 30 years is also Saturn's lesser um, or least year, according to William Lilly which is Renaissance, but you can also jump all the way back to the Hellenistic period. And when you do certain techniques there, Saturn gets 27 or 30 years. So that, that also fits. Yeah, that's great. Well, okay, yeah, we are running a little over, but uh, but it's been it's been a fascinating subject. And, and, uh, and, and I hope we have... Uh, I hope we have stimulated some stuff. By the way, uh, I'm sure Mark uh, Mark in Milwaukee is 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 listening. And Mark, uh, you got to get a copy of Hinkley Allen, as I said. You uh, that that Hinkley Allen star. Uh, and you know, I'm going to also put in a plug for for my 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 friend uh, Dr. Ed Krupp at at, at Griffith Park. He has a wonderful book called called Beyond the Blue Horizon. Which is which is a, a wrap of, of of 
not just Hercules, but all of the, the you know, the, the uh, celestial legends and, and myths. And, and, you know, and, and, and Ed Krupp is a, he's a scientist and, 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 and something of a skeptic, but, but, but he loves mythology. He loves celestial mythology. And so Beyond the Blue Horizon is another good one to get. And uh, let's also not forget Hamlet's Mill by Chantan and Van Deck, and, 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 and that, that's another one that, that you that you buffs of, that, that, that those of you who are interested in this sort of stuff should certainly look into. Okay. That does it for uh, for tonight. This has been a good, been a really good uh, good show. Thank you so much, uh, uh, very honored Frater uh, Suan, and uh, we'll be seeing you soon. And uh, and uh, next week we'll have another show. I don't quite know what yet, but it'll be a good one anyway. Uh, so uh, tune in with us again. And meanwhile, good magic. <laughs>